Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Doses of Darling. I can't believe it's episode 5 now, this is moving so quickly. If you're new to my channel and are watching for the first time, welcome. My name is Darling Membreño and I am a licensed professional counselor associate here in Austin, Texas. And this is my mental health podcast. Thanks to all of you who keep coming back to either watch or listen to the new episodes that keep coming out and learn about the different mental health topics that I feel inspired to talk about each week. I hope that they've been helpful in some way to some of y'all and continue to do so. For those of you who encounter this podcast on whatever you, whatever platform that you come across it at a later date. Um, I know that last week's episode was so heartfelt with all of the messages to our younger selves. And so I'd like to, again, extend my thanks to all of the people who participated and um, just know that it was such an awesome episode for me to put together. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about somatic healing or somatic therapy, which is an umbrella term that talks about different modalities that fall under um, a form of therapy that tunes into one's mind and body so that we put the two together and then help to heal or process or shift anything that feels like a block in our physical bodies as a result of I don't know, any mental health issues that end up showing up somatically or physically in our bodies. I have a lovely guest on today's episode who is a certified uh, or who is certified in somatic healing. And I'm really excited for y'all to get to learn about her and this therapeutic modality. Um, all of her information is already linked in the description below. And so um, if y'all like this video and you like the content on the channel, definitely subscribe and like the video. That way you'll keep getting the content. Um, I keep mentioning that, you know, I, I want to shed my light and whatever knowledge I can bring about mental health to anybody really who God wants me to reach. And um, yeah, if y'all subscribe and like the video, then y'all will either help me reach you or any other people that you decide to share this stuff with. So like and subscribe the content. And so here is the topic of today, the episode for somatic healing. I hope y'all enjoy. We have a lovely angel of a human with us today to talk to us about what somatic therapy is and how it works to help one heal and get closer and closer to being that best version of ourselves that we can be. Hannah Dressner is an LMSW in Denver, Colorado, as well as here in Texas. Hannah and I met at an ethics discourse on psychedelics and mental health, where she was one of the presenters on the topic. And I decided right then and there that I want to be just like her when I grow up. The way Hannah delivered her piece was so thoughtful. It was so concise and with such magnetic energy that it just helped me process all the information that she gave and presented in a really effortless manner. I just understood everything so clearly. And um, I knew I had to reach out to her uh, to be a guest on my podcast. And I didn't even hesitate to do so. Like I did it on the spot. I was just going to get a card, but then we just started to talking and um, we kind of hit it off. And when I spoke to Hannah during our logistics meeting, after we set up this, like, yeah, she's going to be on the podcast. I was floored at how much passion Hannah has for healing. 
She has her own practice in, in Denver and she's trained in EMDR. She is certified in past life regression therapy. She's a certified integrative mental health professional trained in internal family systems, which is the podcast that we just finished well-versed in mind-gut connection, health, and wellness, and a certified psychedelic-assisted psychotherapist. Um, And then on top of that, a certified integrative somatic trauma therapist. So this is the reason why I want to be just like her when I grow up. You have like everything that I want to do in this field also to like be able to help as many people as possible. And Hannah, you're amazing. And I hope that you can come back as a guest more than one time because you have such a wealth of knowledge and um yeah I'm done singing your praises for now I'm gonna bring you in to ask and uh just ask you what led you to getting into mental health just in general in the first place before we begin talking about somatic therapy absolutely well first of all thank you for wow my goodness, just gassing me all the way up. Like, and you are amazing, darling. And I well on your way to, to gaining all of this knowledge. So I love that you're doing this and thank you for having me, but yeah, what brought me into mental health in general, you know, like most healers, it was my own healing journey and having not enough support, not enough resources, having to do it all myself. Um, and, you know, gathering all of this information to help myself. And then, you know, once I had had healed. Um, it, it started with my gut, gut health. Um, once I had healed my gut and my mental health followed suit, I was left with all this knowledge and this strong desire and passion to, to help others in the same way. Um, it felt too good, too big to, to just hold on my own. And so that led me down the path of becoming a social worker and a therapist. And I just am so excited to get to work with people every day in this way. I feel like every single time that you talk to me, I mean, We've only had a handful of conversations, but I see that same glow and um, yeah, we just, we're givers and we want to give back to the community and share all this wealth of knowledge with people. So that's awesome. So, all right, let's get into somatic therapy. This is another modality that I'm going to be presenting on this podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about what somatic therapy healing is? And then, I don't know, give us like a brief overview and history of it. Yeah. Yeah. So somatic therapy, somatic healing really is soma means body in Latin, I believe. Um, and it's really about tuning into the body. Right. And so the idea is, you know, mental health has been so long focused just on what's happening up here, what our thought processes are, what our behaviors are. Right. Um, but somatic therapy brings in what's happening in our bodies, right? Like how does what's going on in our life show up physically where is it stored in our body and how can we tune into it by way of the body and so it's almost like the back door to healing right um and gosh i mean it is so incredibly powerful and potent um especially for clients who or people who find it difficult or like they they've thought through every single um kind of avenue as it pertains to whatever it is they're going through right they've i get this a lot coming from clients who are seeking help. They say like, I've been in talk therapy for ages and I understand it fully, but I'm not making any progress. Right. And so coming in from this new angle, entering in through the sensations of the body, rather than what they think about what it is that's going on can be so incredibly life-changing. Um, yeah. So like, um, and I think Soma is Greek, maybe I'm not sure. 
Um, but so I guess an example that you can give us is like, let's say um, somebody comes in and they're like, hey, I've been dealing with so much stress in my life. And like, I don't know, my stomach won't stop making all these sounds. Like if somebody presents to you with this in your office, like what is the procedure look like with somatic therapy? Absolutely. And that happens so often, right? Um, and they might not even bring up that their stomachs are making all these sounds, right? Like it might be that you start to dig and then like that all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, my stomach's making all these sounds, right? And so the way that I would work with that is like having them sit with it. And, you know, I often encourage my clients if they feel safe to close down their eyes and be with the sensation um, and to explore it in a way that really like tunes them in to mindful awareness. And so um, one of the modalities that I introduce, and this kind of comes from EMDR, which is a different form of somatic therapy, a different kind of therapy, but is tuning into that sensation um, and then doing a float back. So as they kind of notice what that feeling is, maybe any images or beliefs that come up as they're they're feeling it, just allowing their mind to float back to any earlier times when maybe they felt a similar way. And it might not have presented as a stomach ache at that time, right? It might've been, oh, I was four and my mom, you know, hit my hand and told me not to eat this thing, right? And that might've translated into this like physical manifestation of their stomach hurting or their stomach gurgling. Um, and then we would kind of take different pathways to figure out how to work with that part, if that's how it shows up, to kind of alchemize it and change how it shows up in the body. Okay. So you brought up the word parts and I've already uh, had a podcast on internal family systems. Is that what you mean by? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, that means you mix different modalities then. Cause I mix so much. I mean, I mix the like purely somatic with the EMDR. I mix internal family systems with the somatic and the EMDR, right? Like it's all layered. I mix some somatic experiencing. Um, and it, it just all goes together so beautifully because these parts, they live in our body from what I, what I have gathered from how I work with my, my folks. Um, and it's about tuning into them, where they're living, how they're presenting, when they got stuck, why they got stuck, and then figuring out how we can shift that. Wow. So you talked to, you talked about alchemizing a part. What does that look like? Yeah. So that kind of, again, speaks to what I just mentioned of like under really understanding it. Um, and then the way that I do this with, with my clients is we sit with that part in the system, wherever it is, right. For example, maybe it's I have a lot of folks who have like parts in their throat, right. And maybe it's preventing them from being able to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would, again, do this kind of exploration of the part and find out when did it come about and then spend some time with that part, right? Like if this is a, again, a four-year-old part, right? Like maybe visualizing their present day self with that four-year-old part, giving it the love and the attention and the words of encouragement that it needed at that time that it didn't get, because ultimately what happened is that it didn't get that thing. And then it decided, okay, well, the world isn't safe for whatever reason. So I'm going to act in a, act in accordance. Right. And that might be, I'm not going to speak up anymore because it's not safe to do so, right? And so going back, sending that love to that part, thanking it, giving it compassion for the way that it manifested because it was trying to protect you, right? And then 
asking to shift it, right? Like literally saying like, okay, rather than being in my throat, trying to keep me from speaking, why don't we move you to my feet so that I can stay grounded in these interactions and feel assured that I know how to handle whatever the situation is, right? And so kind of like bringing that part up to date. And so this really does breach into IFS a lot, but um, but the moving the energy in your body is the, the key difference here. And ultimately it's all energy, like we are energy. And so the more we can tune into the energy and the stuck energy in our body, the more we can decide what we wanna do with it. Okay. So that means then let's say that you don't include internal family systems in this and you're solely adhering to somatic therapy. Mm -hmm. Would it just be a matter of talking about energy in the body and moving it either to a different part or out of the body? Or is it similar to IFS where you don't get rid of things, you just move them around? Yeah, we don't necessarily get rid of things. We do mostly move it around the way that it would look without like naming them parts or like seeing the age. And and sometimes again, I kind of feel into person by person basis um, would be more of a somatic experiencing approach without fully labeling it that, um, but tuning into like, does this sensation have a color? Does the sensation have a shape? Does it have a texture, right? And really starting to see it. Um, in a way. And then from there kind of figuring out, okay, what do we want to do with this? Right. Do we, do we need to move it? And we, we can kind of move some of it out, right. If there's too much energy, um, there are ways to move that out of the system. Um, and that would be through, you know, I mean, speaking is a way of moving energy, right. Dancing, physical movement, um, drumming, singing, right. Like all of that is moving, shifting, putting energy out into the world. And so even drawing. Um, and so tuning into those specifics of whoever I'm working with um, ends up being really critical, right? I have some clients who really like to draw and I know like, okay, this is a beautiful way that we can get some of this energy out of your system. Um, some like to sing, you know, same thing. And so just tuning into those core um, strengths is really important. Okay. All right. That sounds awesome. So it does still sound like it dips its toe a little bit into IFS with like what color the energy is and like where, where you find it in your body. So what, um, this modality, what is it the most effective at treating? Mm, that's a good question. Honestly, I've yet to find anything that it isn't good at treating. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, it is the one thing that I use across the board every single day and every single session. Um, I don't, I don't know what the research would say about what it's most effective at treating, but gosh, I mean, I've had success with everything from like eating disorders to, um, gosh, like just like the, again, these kind of like blocks, like anything that feels blocked is ultimately, and that's such a big umbrella. Um, framework, right? But like anything that feels blocked, um, we're able to kind of enter in somatically and feel into it and figure out where is this coming from? Okay. So like PTSD and anxiety and depression all would fall under something that's blocked. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you can only get so far, right? Like I'm not, not trying to say it's like hundred percent efficacious, right? Like it can be really helpful at understanding and seeing through the veil of what's going on. 
And sometimes, you know, there's more that's needed to, to tend to it, but just having that tool to really like tune into like, where is this blockage coming from? Because that's ultimately what I'm always trying to do with my clients is get to the root. Like, let's like, we can talk about this one thing that happened all day long. Right. But I'm more interested in like, when did this first start? When did those first like little, you know, breadcrumbs start to come up that led to where we are now? Because once we can get there, then we can really like uproot it rather than just like, you know, cutting off leaves. Yeah. So you do a lot of family origin, family of origin stuff too, right? When it comes to somatic therapy, anything that's history basically of a client. Yes, I do a lot of like ancestral family stuff. So I I do a full intake on their parents, their grandparents, right? As far back as they know, um, so that I can understand what may be coming through their system that isn't actually theirs. Yeah, that's passed down from generation to generation. How did so how did you become interested in obtaining certification in somatic therapy? Mm, Gosh, I mean, it it's one of those things where like it kind of became inevitable. Like the work I was doing, working with folks, again, my, my focus coming into mental health was the gut brain connection. And once you're tuned into like the microbiome and how, how what we eat affects how we feel, right? Like that somatic therapy is about our body and how our body works, how our body feels. Um, and so it just, it just made sense. Um, another part of that is that I, like you, darling, was working in integrated behavioral health. So I was working in doctor's offices and I don't know about you, but how often you get clients passed over through the doctors who are like, this person has persistent stomach aches and they don't know why, right? It's like, okay, well, that's like you mentioned earlier, right? Like that's the perfect time to, to go into this and explore it. If there's not that, um, you know, physical understanding of what's going on. Right. Because then you're mentioning whatever we put in our body does, does affect us. So let's say this person is super healthy and Mm -hmm. they're taking care of themselves, but there's still some sort of physical manifestation. That's, that's when this kind of work would come in. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Can you share with us a successful or most moving healing experience a client has had via somatic therapy? Yeah. Yeah. So gosh, my goodness, I have a lot, but one of the more recent ones, and I think I I shared with you because this was the day that you asked me if I would do this podcast, um, was with this male Latino client, um, who is is just so incredibly motivated. Like I'm so inspired by my clients who show up and are like ready to do their work. Right. This is a client who's had such great success. It's like, we're down to like once a month, we check in and see each other and they really just bring the big thing that they're needing to work on. Um, which can be intimidating as a therapist, right? Cause you're like, wait, we have one session to really look, lock into this thing and get through it. Right. Um, and the thing they were needing to work on was they, they, so they have a, a big organization they have a high up role and they were needing, they, they knew that there was some shenanigans going on in the lower rungs and everybody, you know, was coming and talking about it, but they were having trouble talking to these employees of theirs. Um, and so, you know, we, we sat with it and we, again, we did this kind of this exploration and the float back to sit with like, okay, when you think of talking to these people, like, what do you feel in your body, right? What's stopping you? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly, but they were able to feel into it, tune into it and float, float it back. And they had this memory that they had, you know, not remembered in their adult lifetime of their older sister who had some mental health struggles um, and not being able to speak up on their own behalf because of fear of triggering the sister, right? And so realizing that they had created this, this protector part, mm-hmm. back to IFS, right? Um, but it lived inside of them. It lived in their in their chest, in their throat, and it got it flared up anytime that they had to confront somebody because they were afraid that they were gonna trigger them. Um, and just like that, in seeing it and recognizing it, they were able to move it from here. I can't remember where they moved it, but somewhere else in their body to actually help them have that conversation. Um, and every conversation thereafter and the way that they shifted, my goodness, they were just like, oh my God, like they could feel how much lighter they felt up here. Like their shoulders, they were able to move them more. Like it was just night and day so quickly. There was tears involved. Like it was very emotional and so beautiful. Um, and yeah, just being able to be there to witness that is like, it's such an honor. And, you know, I can, I've, I've had experiences doing this work for myself, doing this work with clients, but every time there's like this little skeptical part of me, that's like, how can me telling somebody to move this thing, like actually move it. But time and time again, like it, it works and just get to see it all play out and then come back and tell me that now they're having these, you know, confrontational, you know, kind confrontational conversations um, without any issue is mind blowing. Yeah. And that's awesome that you gave us this example, because my next question was going to be how, like an example of somatic therapy and how it works with male identifying folks, because there can be, there can be a difference and, you know, it's difficult enough to in this day and age, get men into therapy, let alone a Latino male that's like, you know, struggling with something. So that's wonderful that you have this experience that you, that you could have shared with us and um, that you had this breakthrough with him or he had this breakthrough in your office, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately we're just facilitating. And, and I love how vulnerable you were in mentioning that you question like, oh man, how am I going to help this person move? Like, but everything's innate. We all have the answers within us. And he probably showed up and knew exactly where he was going to move it or where Mm -hmm. it would feel the best for him to heal that, to be able to speak up for himself finally, and not feel like he was going to trigger anybody just out of confrontation. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I think that that question is important because, right, like men, may be more disconnected from their bodies because we're so much more I mean because men are so I mean everybody really like I I talk about this all the time but like society tells us that like we have to be thinking all the time we have to be like living and putting our energy all up here right Mm -hmm. and in my opinion like my practice is focused around like spreading the energy out like let's feel into our body like let's move all of this energy that's concentrated up here down Mm -hmm. and feel into that and so I think it it can be hard for men depending on kind of where they're at in that process but it can equally be hard for women depending on where they're at in that process and so um yeah it's it's really about like creating that safe space and trust and curiosity more than anything um it, it goes a long way. Yeah. So 
since we're on this topic of men and then Latino men, now let's just move into the Latino culture. Um, how often do you get to use somatic therapy with the Latino culture and what kinds of things have you seen in sessions with these clients that you're, that you're healing? Like what kinds of things are you saying that these people are coming in and healing and growing from through somatic therapy? Definitely. Gosh. I mean, um, you know, I have a few Latino clients, not as many as I want. I mean, if it was up to me, it'd be like more than half of my caseload probably because <laughs> I just have such a soft spot for Latino culture and community. It just makes me so happy to, to serve that population. Um, but the, the few Latino clients that I do have, I mean, like I said, I use somatic therapy almost always, unless they're really, unless they're really blocked and they're really up here, then we're really focusing on something else. But almost all my Latino clients are like have found it really accessible and helpful and useful in our work together. Um, and so it's been incredible to, to tune into that with them. Some of the things that we're tending to are, you know, a lot of trauma, um, identity, um, can be a big one of just kind of like these, these stuff parts of identity. Um, and yeah, um, kind of like, uh, yeah, trauma. I mean, trauma is so big, like trauma, like the multiple layers of trauma, right. Just from early childhood into trying to, you know, integrating into society um, in a way that like wasn't super conducive. That's definitely been a theme with both of the ones that I'm, I can think of right now that are coming to mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, feels like I can, we can use it for everything. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned, I, I mean, you mentioned trauma and identity, which both are, they're layered with so many different things, right? That you could just generalize, but the, these people that you're specifically thinking of that you, that you, that they were struggling with identity, was it like a bicultural identity? Was it an assimilation or acculturation? Like what kind of identity problems were they struggling with? So for sure, assimilation has been a big one. Um, yeah, the bicultural identity also, you know, presenting as white passing while not actually being white, right, for all intents and purposes. And so, um, yeah, that like almost every layer, you know, and, and also just helping helping family who were, you know, not English speakers while they were tasked with holding both. Um, right. Like that has created blockages for them to navigate adult life because of the burden that was put on them at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The burden of what? Of being tasked with these really big responsibilities, right? Like having to, having to call the doctors, having to, you know, apply for different resources um, right. And then translate a document. Like I, I've had that experience, you know, growing up as an immigrant myself, I remember my parents used to like yell at me and be like, why don't you know what this document says? Aren't you at school? Like you're learning English. And I'm just like, I'm a first grader learning first grade vocabulary. This is a court document. I don't know. How am I supposed to know what this says? Exactly. exactly. That is traumatic, right? Because you're like expected to know this thing and it's all hinging on you. Like you are their supposed doorway to like understanding this culture and you're not there yet because you're 
six years, eight years old. Like, I don't even know how old a first grader is. I told you already, I'm afraid of little ones, but right. But like that has the potential to have long lasting impact. And, you know, if you were to find yourself at your current age, like having resistance to reading court documents or, you know, making calls, you know, that might be a time when we go in and we talk to that eight-year-old part or we find the sensation that's associated that started when you were in first grade um, and work with it and move it so that it's not a barrier anymore. And in fact, it can help you um, in the future. Yeah, I think we just triggered a little part inside of me right now because that you just reminded me of that memory. I'm like, oh my God, I hate making phone calls to like have to try to solve problems. And it's because of that. Oh my gosh, Hannah, you just made me realize something. Uh, <laughs> illuminated it right there on the spot. Yeah, I, I totally, it makes perfect sense. I have so much compassion for that part. Like that, that part of you didn't deserve to have all that responsibility like you just you were supposed to be a kid and not taking responsibility for so much more than what first graders have to do yeah for sure is there any work through somatic therapy that like you give your clients as homework or is it all done in session with a therapist Mm, no definitely I mean I think this and uh, you know I want to like continue to to state that like all of my modalities like they're so interwoven at this point that's why you hear me talking about IFS in the same sentences somatic work because I cannot tease them apart um but in that same vein like mindfulness like I cannot tease apart mindfulness from somatic work right and often what we're doing when we're practicing mindfulness is we're tuning into our body we're tuning into what's happening um and so you know, as I start to teach these frameworks of internal family systems, somatic experiencing, right? Like once my clients start to kind of catch on, they're kind of forever homework and is to is to notice as they move through what's coming up, what sensations maybe are alive that on any other normal day, had they not been paying attention, they may have missed or they would have just not thought anything of, right? Like what parts of them are arising in conversation, right? Like that, that aren't their capital S self or their highest self. Um, And so really that, that kind of noticing and, you know, the baseline of that is just to like bring it back into session. But if they feel open and curious um, and, you know, have caught on to the work we do and how we do it, they're always invited to, you know, kind of sit with themselves in that way and do the process that I had talked about before, which is really sitting with that part and speaking with it and alchemizing it. And so it's always on the table. It's not something that they need that space held for them in order to do, but it definitely can make a difference, right? Because there's so much power and healing and community and healing in relationship versus just like trying to sit on your own at home and <laughs> go inside, which can be hard. Yeah, that's the big part of it. I think um, that a lot of us think, and I'm including myself in it because I've, I've struggled through having to do some healing on my own. And like, you don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to do it by yourself. You could do it with a therapist. You could do it in community and have this, this kind of healing experience um, Mm -hmm. with support from other people. Exactly. And just like allow you to put down what you're holding for a little bit. It's really really potent. Yeah. Do you have any resources that you recommend for people like that 
are interested in learning about somatic therapy or like want to continue some sort of healing in between sessions because I I guess I, I'm I'm gonna say now like obviously don't do this by yourself you need a person <laughs> who is licensed and like trained or certified in this because it's it's some heavy work and and you can get to a point where you might get to a spiral but um any resources that you can share that are safe for people to do outside or in between sessions? Yeah, I would say specifically, you know, this is a great question. I I need to dig into it more. I have some things, some resources on my like Instagram about, again, like some of these lighter processes that you can try on your own to kind of engage yourself in that way. Um, Other things that I can think of are, again, speaking to the mindfulness and just like tuning in. I think that's, that's the best place to start is starting with mindfulness, starting with attuning to your body, tuning in, checking in. Um, And so the resource that I always give out is Insight Timer. I mean, there's so many meditations on there and I would bet that a good portion of them, you know, if you search somatic, just somatic, right? Like I'm sure that there's, there's a lot that come up, but even if it's not specifically a somatically oriented meditation, just any sort of meditation that kind of clears the clutter and allows you to stop what's going on in your head will help you to be more present in your body, which is really where the magic begins. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you would like to add or share about somatic therapy that we didn't touch upon already? Hmm. I do. I'm so I would like to add that there again, like somatic therapy is such an umbrella term, right? There's so many different forms of somatic therapy, because ultimately what it means is just anything that tunes into your body or uses your body to, to help move whatever is going on. And so, you know, in that same vein, right. Um, somatic experiencing is one and IFS is a somatic therapy. Often EMDR is a somatic therapy, um, which stands for eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing. And a lot of people Don't see it as a somatic therapy, but you're literally using your eyes and you're tuning into what you're feeling in your body and you're able to move that through, right? And so um, I think most therapeutic frameworks can be used in a somatic way. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's just food for thought, something to think about, like how can you make things more somatic, right? Like maybe even CBT, right? Like where do you feel that thought in your body? that that kind of leads to sensory motor which is like a whole other you know realm of of um somatic therapy and so there's a lot of different ways that this plays out but yeah i think it's just important to to note that it's everywhere yeah so like wrap up message ultimately like the mind and body connection need to be in tune with one another because if you're always in your mind then that's you know, that's a cause for some other issues. Um, you're not going to be able to solve whatever's going on physically. Some chronic illnesses can arise from like ruminating too much about a, a subject or a topic. And um, yeah, just that connection is really, really imperative. And and I think not a lot of people know that. I think it's, it's really uh, coming up a lot on social media But again, like social media is not therapy and, you know, they'll give you little snippets of things that you can do to kind of find that mindfulness, like you were speaking about to bring you back into your body. But ultimately that's not solving the deep rooted things that are happening within you, right? You're just 
getting back to the present moment and like being in tune with your body. Cool. Now I know where I'm feeling that pain or where I'm feeling that weird feeling in my stomach. Um, but we're not getting to the root of whatever trauma or whatever thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like we have to tend to the body in order to tend to the mind. They are not separate entities. They work together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's important to note whenever I, whenever friends ask me for help looking for a therapist, like I always make sure that it says something along those lines in their profile, because otherwise you're doing a disservice. You're only going to get so far. So, yeah. 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 That's like a more holistic approach instead of just switching Mm -hmm. your thoughts or like talking Mm -hmm. about certain trauma over and over and over again. (laughs) You can switch your thoughts as much as you want, but that's, it's like the bandaid, right? Like at some point it's going to come off and the thing is still underneath it. And so, yeah, it's really, again, getting to the root. I say it over and over again. It's like, should be my catchphrase by now, but yeah, <laughs> got to get to the root. <laughs> got to get to the root of it all. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful once you do, because then so much growth happens from it. You, you know, you, there's maybe forgiveness, there's a release, there's like so many wonderful things that happen in your body and lightness and, you see and move about the world in such different ways that um, you never thought were possible or, you, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't focus on because you were so hard focused on other things that were happening in your, in your life. Exactly. Exactly. That, yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so much more I could say, but I'm going to stop myself right here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for being here and like sharing all of this stuff about all of the somatic therapies. Now I know that it's not just one thing, but now like EMDR is a part of it. And I'm, I'm so happy that you, that you shared that because yeah, you, you're going into your body to help solve all of these things that are happening. Um, let's, I want to share you with everybody. I did mention initially that you practice in Colorado and you practice in Texas. So are there any upcoming things that you're doing in either of the States that like, can be for people who are seeking, I don't know, like workshops or like your socials or your, um, even your website, I'll definitely link them at the bottom of the video here so people can access them, but just so that they know where they can find you and like what things you're, you're planning on doing next. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, I do have an upcoming group sound healing and past life regression event, which will be happening in Denver. Um, there's a big psychedelic conference happening here in a few weeks. Um, and so that's, that's my offering, my, my love to, um, all the folks who are coming out and anybody who happens to be in Denver and any Texans who want to make their way up here, it'll be an amazing, amazing week to visit Denver for sure. Um, and so we'll, we'll throw that link in there, but it's all over my socials. Um, my Instagram is hrshoshana at that's just HR Shoshana, no at. <laughs> and um, my website is hannashoshana.com. So, yeah. Awesome. Looking forward to those things. I wish I could go to Denver for that psychedelic conference. That sounds amazing. And then that past life regression is, mm-hmm. I think, I think that may be the next podcast that I have you on for because you and I have already had a discussion about it and we talked about that you, you was it Ukrainian show? What 
Oh, the, oh, the Turkish show. Oh, that the was Turkish the, show. Uh, yes. the family constellations. Yes. I love oh. all the woo-woo, the, the fringe therapy approaches are my favorite. So. Yes. Yeah. So we're definitely going to have to have you back. Thank you so much, Hannah, for sharing all of this wisdom with us, for bringing your positive energy to this podcast. Um, just, I, I always say on every single podcast, I just want to be able to reach as many people as possible. And even if we reach one person that like they can research any of the somatic therapies and, and like find and heal any of their root issues, like I've already, I've already won. So I appreciate that you were a part of this with me and hopefully we can do something else together in the future. Thanks so much for having me, darling. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for um, tuning in. We will see you on the next episode of Doses of Darling.